0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Ministry Mashup. My name is Mark Jackson, and I thank you for tuning in to the podcast today. This is a podcast where we talk all things ministry, church, and everything through the eyes of a pastor. It's going to be a great episode today, so don't go away. Make sure you stay tuned in, and let's get started. And I thank you once again for tuning in to the Ministry Mashup. My name is Mark Jackson, and I am excited to have another podcast come your way here today. On this Monday, December the 14th of 2020, the year is slowly but surely coming to an end here in 2020. Some of you are probably thinking, thank you, Lord, that 2020 is coming to an end. But you know, I heard a joke the other day that said we cannot pronounce the year for the coming year. After 2020, because if we do, then 2021, you'll get it in a minute. So anyway, <laughs> I don't mean to be all jokes and silliness, but I, I mean, I mean, 2020 has been a crazy year, right? Uh, I will say that after having such a crazy year, uh, a weird year, uh, a different year, a year that we all weren't really expecting, um, I'm sure you've seen many... Um, uh, pictures or memes uh, on social media that have uh, a picture of a pastor or of a guy. It's actually it's a dual picture of Leonardo DiCaprio, and one is from some movie where he's all happy and and skipping and he's got a big smile on his face, and the caption is "Pastors going into 2020." <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> and then the the picture right next to it is him out of a movie. Um, i can't remember what movie it is but he's got this spirit he's ice cold in the snow and uh he looks terrible it says and uh pastors after living through 2020 so anyway <laughs> maybe we feel that way i don't know if you do or not um you know it's there were some months there uh through 2020 uh, mainly the summer months for me that um you really hit me hard as far as my emotional and uh, my mental and my spiritual strength um, it, it got it got tough just to be a little personal on this podcast today and and that's kind of where we're going with our podcast is basically how we have to be careful and and what I want to do is is I want to um, talk about on our podcast today I want to talk about the uh, the struggles of leadership um, and and the reality is, as a pastor we tend to put a lot of focus most of our focus on leading our church and not as much on making sure that we are healthy spiritually um and that can be a problem that can that can be a huge huge problem um in some instances this summer i i feel like that i may have experienced a little bit of burnout um it was very taxing everything that went on we're trying to figure out the things going on with this virus and trying to tend to church members in a different way that you're not used to you know as a guy as as a pastor i have always been one to when when i when there is an emergency i'm able to you know go straight straight away and be there for that emergency and or if someone's in the hospital I'm able to go straight there and see them and check on them and pray with them and you know and be present in their lives. Well, this year is you know we've had to change that approach. A lot of us have hospitals that have not allowed clergy or pastors to come in this often and um, and and so we've had to rely more on connection from afar. And that that has been that means we've had to be more reliable. Uh, more, excuse me, more connected and rely more on our uh, technology and even cell phones, uh, and and so it's, it's interesting. The ministry of the phone call has really uh, made its way back into pastoral ministry this year, and, and it's good because because we rely way too much on social media to stay connected with people, and sometimes sometimes we 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 tend to focus on just a handful of members when we do our visitation because typically, it's someone who's you know, sick and, and someone that is sick often. Um, and, and, and if it is someone that is sick, very little, you know, we, we go, we see them in the hospital and then we see them at church and we don't really make that connection through phone calls. And so we have to be careful with that and stay connected with our people as best as we can. Uh, sure. The use of social media has been good to that effect, but guys, I'm going to tell you, if you're pastor listening to this podcast today, a phone call is, goes a long way with a lot of people. Um, and so I have said on I said on Twitter last week, you know, uh, plan a day of your week. If you don't plan, if you don't make phone calls every day, uh, plan a day of your week. Set aside time in your week, in the morning time or the afternoon, and make phone calls. Call people. It just just fill the day with nothing but phone calls, and check on your people and uh, make sure that they're okay. But aside from that, being being a pastor, a lot of that ministry effort is very taxing mentally. Um, and physically, um, and, and it can be spiritually, because we pour out so much spiritually to our people, uh, to the people that we're shepherding. And if we're not careful, when we drain that spiritual level, if you can kind of get this idea with me of, of a drain or a, of, of kind of a measuring cup, when we're pouring so much out spiritually and not putting back in, we can get to a place in our lives where we are no longer um, we're no longer we're, we're just serving to get through it. We're not pushing for Christ, and we're not feeding off of the Lord and feeding off of His Word. We're just simply trying to squeeze everything we can out of it, just to get through the week, and just to get to Sunday, and through Sunday. Um, I never really got to that point this summer, and, and I, I spend time in God's Word every single day um and and in prayer every day asking the Lord for that, to be fed that and to be filled with his spirit and to to be nourished in that manner. But it it was I guess it was just different. And it was extremely taxing. And um and so it's it because you're having to figure things out and you're you're not sure if people are pleased with it. And that's the thing I, I don't know about you guys if that may be listening, but I, I tend to be a people pleaser and I don't try to be um sometimes i care less what you think but most of the time i do and um i i do i do care i care what people think i want to make sure that things are our church is unified i want to make sure that we're heading in the same direction together and and that can be taxing from a leadership standpoint and from leading people who are older than you are to be honest who have been around a lot longer than you are who are who are are wiser than you are in certain areas and um, who are as knowledgeable if not more knowledgeable than you are when it comes to you know um, when it, when it comes to cultural issues and social issues and so um, it's again it can be extremely taxing and so we, we have to be very careful we have to make sure that we're being filled up and we're not just dumping ourselves completely into the church ministry and and we have to make sure that we're also uh you know, we're most importantly feeding off of God's Word and through prayer and through the work of the Holy Spirit. But also, we have to make sure that we don't neglect our families as well. So there's a lot of struggle in the midst of all that. So where I want to go first with our podcast as we begin our time together, if I give you this long uh, prologue as uh, uh, as as we begin, um, or prelude, whatever you want to call it, it, uh, is introduction. That's the better word. Um where I want to go first is I want to look at some statistics. Um, they're, they're a little dated. Um, you know, Normally these statistics from different research groups come out um, You know, every so many years because they only do it so many years at a time. Uh, but the resource I'll be using today to get our statistics is actually a book entitled Replenish uh, by Lance Witt. And if you have not read this book, guys, I'm, I'm going to encourage you to get it. Um, it was gifted to me, um, and and I'm very thankful for this book. It is a great read. Each chapter is really short, uh, but at the same time, it's full of information, full of wisdom and understanding, and and different topics that we deal with as pastors. And so, this book was really written for the pastor, for the the servant leader, um, to understand how how um, matters of the soul uh, and 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 the, in that aspect of leadership where how we need to make sure that we're constantly replenishing, we're being replenished by the Lord and through his word. And, and so uh, just an excellent, excellent uh, book so far. I'm I'm half, I'm about halfway through it. Um, I'm a slow reader, but there's just a, I I couldn't go any further without doing a podcast on one specific chapter in his book that really, it really stood out to me and and the struggles that we've gone through this year that we've needed to, uh, that I felt like I needed to cover through the podcast. Lance Witt, um just to give you a, some of uh, the information on the back of his book here it says he's the founder of replenish ministries uh lance sweet is often called a pastor's pastor he has served for over 30 years as a pastor 20 as a senior pastor he also served as an executive and teaching pastor at saddleback church uh and that's in california uh lance helped uh, develop and lead the 40 days of purpose and 40 days of community campaigns He and his wife, Connie, have two married married children and love doing ministry together. So Lance, just some background on Lance Witten. You can do your research on that. But this is all coming from his perspective and from his own ministry experience and um, most all of his book is. And so uh, the statistics I want to give you today are are alarming, yet also intriguing at the fact of, of what we deal with as pastors and what that leads to if we're not being replenished. Um, if we are not making sure that we are, uh, you know, being fed ourselves, we have to make sure that we are sitting under a pastor's teaching, whether it be through a podcast or, or uh, through, um, or, or through YouTube. Uh, or we we need to be fed ourselves from a can- an accountability group. We need to have something there in our lives that feeds us, that we can and also feed into others. In that same manner that it it bounces off of who are serving in the same aspect so that we can grow in our relationship with christ and that we're being fed by the word influenced by the holy spirit and trusting in the lord as we basically struggle through our leadership because pastoral leadership is a constant struggle um mentally physically and spiritually it's always a constant struggle so if we don't want to experience burnout if we don't want to be in a place where these statistics i'm about to give you takes us then we have to make sure that we are being replenished each and every day, each and every week. Um, so, uh, it just uh, again, this is where I'm coming from. These statistics uh, uh, in Lance Witt's book come from... these. Were, the, his book was published in 2011. And so, again, these statistics are a little old, but they're still on target from the latest statistics in regards to these categories for pastoral ministry. And so, um, in chapter 1 of his book, and again, this is the first chapter, you might, well, Mark, you've only read the... You've read the first chapter, so you do a podcast. No, no, um, I, I really have read half the book, um, and and it's on my desk. And you can drop by and hold me accountable if you'd like. So anyway, um, as we as we look at chapter one here, just th- this is the topic he covers right off the bat. He entitles it "The Idolatry of Leadership." And what happens in the life of a pastor, if we're not careful, is we tend to place our church leadership and who we are as the pastor of a church, we tend to place that at the forefront of everything we do, even ahead of our walk with Christ, even ahead of our worship of the Lord. Through our leadership, our leadership becomes the object of worship. And Lance really hits on that in his chapter, in this first chapter of the book. And he, he talks about, he starts out talking about all the resources that had come and pastors being equipped to serve the sheep and care for the flock, but not necessarily prepared to um, take on the leadership responsibilities of churches. And so uh, there was a time in the you know 80s, 90s, and so on and so forth, even, early, even 2000s, where we come up with this idea of conference everything, right? Seminars, conferences, go here, go there you know, learn so you can serve your people better, and instead of actually, it, it kind of had a an unforeseen negative, uh, negative uh, uh, an unforeseen negative, um, uh, oh goodness, I can't think of a word right now, had a negative um, influence, an unforeseen negative influence. There it is. I'm trying to, effect, that's a little better, negative effect. And what has happened is, instead of letting those seminars and conferences feed the pastor— to grow closer with the Lord so he may lead better, it has caused him to focus more on how he leads than his relationship with Christ. And so the information has fed his leadership capabilities instead of the Lord and the Scripture feeding his leadership capabilities and those, those new ideas and, and, and ways to lead being a product of his relationship with Christ and being fed by the Word. And so it it kind of took on a negative effect and really unforeseen. And we have really seen some really terrible statistics um, in pastoral ministry. And the and the end result of that uh, and, and a pastor not being refl- replenished and his walk with Christ being rejected instead of being at the forefront of his life. And so he titled the chapter very appropriately because anything placed before Christ is an idol. Anything placed before God is becomes an idol. I mean, it's the first commandment. You shall not have any other gods before me. I am the Lord your God. And so when we place something before us and we pursue it, when we place something before the Lord and we pursue it with all our might, that ends up becoming an idol. Even when we didn't intend for it to be, it becomes an idol. It becomes a false god. And our life, our lives, our efforts, everything about us is spent towards that effort. and the end result is devastating. end result is completely devastating. It leads to burnout, it leads to ministry uh, deprivation. It leads to family deprivation. it leads to everything you don't want in your life as a pastor. the idolatry of leadership leads to that. And so, what I want to do, right quick, is uh, as as I go through this, I, I simply want to give you each statistic that Lance Witt gives in his book here, and um, and I can give you a resource for that, um, uh, uh, where he gets his statistics from, because it is important to give to uh, give references. Um, the research that he gives, the statistics, is uh, from the uh, Barnett Group, focused on the family, Fuller Seminary, and the Institute of Church Leadership Development. And so that is the research that he compiled here in Chapter 1 uh, that I'm about to give you. Okay? And so, the, again, these are dated back to 2011. And so I'm just going to start. the uh, What happens with leadership when we begin to fill in the gap of the, this need of, of resources and information and how to lead and what to do and how to do it, what it has turned into is a very bleak picture. Um, The first thing that Lance gives us is, number one, he gives 1,500 pastors leave the ministry permanently each month in America. That's what Barna, focused on the family, found out in 2011. And sadly, that has not changed since then. Um, That has actually remained fairly steady, if not increased. And I'm not sure of those numbers as of right now, but I'm just giving you this information based on this book. That's crazy. Fifteen hundred pastors leave the ministry every month in America. What a what a what a sad situation. And and I, and I understand what what causes it, what leads to It's the struggle of ministry, the struggle of being a leader and trying to do the right thing and trying to lead your people. And of course, the people sometimes being stubborn. Let's just be honest. But even even if they aren't stubborn, the struggle of 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 making sure that you are spiritually equipped to serve every single week and serve those needs. The call of the pastor isn't just getting to sit behind the desk every single day and getting to preach on Sunday. The call of the pastor is literally what the name means from the Greek. Servant, shepherd, a leader. And a, a servant leader loves his people deeply. And so what happens is there's a loss of, of love for the church um, in the midst of this. And, and I mean, that, in my opinion, that's what I think has happened. That's why pastors leave the ministry every month. They've lost a love for the people of God. Because instead of making sure that their love is coming from the Lord to give to the people, they have misplaced that love with their leadership. And they've been so focused on their leadership, they have worshiped their leadership. And they don't see any results. They don't see what's they they begin to say, well, why am I still doing this? This isn't really productive. I'm just, I'm just gonna quit. And they quit. They leave, they walk away from the ministry. And it's very sad. That's number one. Number two, 80% of pastors and 85% of their spouses feel discouraged in their roles. Um that 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 can that happens regularly. And I'm gonna tell you. That that doesn't just happen with, you know, the pastors that are about to leave their ministry. That that's eighty percent of pastors. That's a big number. And 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 it doesn't surprise me because who are we dealing with, guys? Every day, every week, every ministry, uh, every, biz, every every ministry in our churches, every business meeting. Who are we dealing with? We're dealing with people. We deal with people. And when people don't take to ideas or they don't follow leadership or they don't, you know, it doesn't seem like they're listening or they're not, you know, following in your example, that's discouraging. That hurts at times. You go home on Sunday night and, and you wonder, you, you look at blank faces as you preach your sermon, with and there's no, no unction, there's no, it, it's just, there's no life there as you preach a sermon from the people. You go home on a Sunday night, and you're sitting down with your wife, and you're like, why are we here? What are we doing? That's when you you ask those questions. That's when you say, okay, Lord, help me. And, And really, you should have been doing that beforehand. But you need to remind yourself that it's the Lord's church. He's called you and planted you there. Keep pressing on. Keep pressing on, as I like to say, keep plugging away. Keep plugging away. The people are listening. Sometimes it just takes time, it takes longer. Sometimes you're there to marry and bury. I'll just be honest. I had a, a a professor at William Carey tell us that um in my pastoral ministry class there. He he and it's it was a sad moment when he said that. I I've, I was just shocked. But seriously, they, church there are churches and they shouldn't be this way, but a lot of them are that way because they're older. They're older congregations. Um, and they can see the, the end of the life of the church that's coming before them. And they call a pastor to simply marry and bury. And and it's sad, and that can be discouraging as well. And, and the on top of that, if that's discouraging, um, 70 to 80% of churches in America today and especially here in the state of Mississippi, are of 50 people or less. So you can imagine the discouragement from a pastor who has 50 people in his congregation, who wants to see his church grow, who wants to see lives saved, who wants to see baptisms, who wants to see his church impacting his community, but yet they will not do anything. So yes, that that can be very discouraging. So 1,500 pastors leave the ministry permanently each month in America. 80% of pastors and 85% of their spouses feel discouraged in their roles. 70%, number three, 70% of pastors do not have a close friend, confidant, or mentor. Uh, Guys, I, I cannot stress this enough. You need to have a group of guys around you, a group of other fellow pastors around you that will encourage you and that will hold you accountable. You need to have somebody you can call and talk to and vent. It's okay. A lot of uh, our association missions directors see themselves as a pastor to pastors. Call your missions director. Call, get, Befriend other pastors in your association, in your town, in your city, in your community, in your county, in your local area, in your state. Befriend somebody. Get to know them go to lunch spend time with them and their family and y'all share in that share in the work of the ministry because no one else knows what you're going through but them they know what you're going through they've been there be willing to call on somebody to give you advice just to, uh, an example in in my life just i'm just giving an example i'm not perfect in this but i'm just giving an example there's one person I constantly call when I have issues and I and, and I, I I don't know what to do and I need the perspective from a church member but who is also a godly man and it's my dad. I call my dad. My dad is a deacon at his church, at my home church. He has seen anything and everything when it comes to the way uh, the, a church is, you know, d- the direction a church is moving, and the way uh, pastors uh, have directed the church that he's been a part of, and he's also seen how deacons and church membership react to that. He knows, and so I call my dad. Now well, this sounds some. You may think, well, that's crazy, Mark. You don't need to be calling your dad. Why not? Why shouldn't I call my dad, who has been a deacon since I was 13 years old? 20 years. Sorry, Dad, I didn't mean to outdate you or, or, or show your age. But my my dad is my dad is a great resource, and, and he can help me through that. And I just can ask him, Dad, what do you think? What should I do? Sometimes they don't know, son, let's pray about it. Sometimes he's he says, well, maybe this will work. Give that to your, give this certain idea to your deacons and see what they say. Or give this idea to your church leadership and see what they say. Bounce it off of them. Talk to people. See what they're thinking. And sometimes that's also all we need to do. We just need to know what's going on. We just need to ask questions for our people. But have somebody you can vent to, you can talk to. Um, I have another pastor friend that I won't name him on here, but um, I call him and I say, what do you think about this? What should I do? Or I'm frustrated. I just he just lets me go off. Or he'll call me, and he'll it just it's 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 good to have that, and you need that because again they know what you're going through, and you know what they're going through, and you're able to share in that. Uh, number four, over 50% of pastors are so discouraged that they would leave the ministry if they could could, but have no other way of making a living. Man, that's rough, right? You know, as a pastor, we, we go through education to do what we do. We pursue a bachelor's degree and a master's degree or a doctorate degree to do what we're doing right now, to serve in the local church. But we spend all this time earning a degree that will do nothing but help us in the local church, but yet it does not apply to the secular world. Sure, you could get a you could have a you could earn a, uh, a doctor of education in ministry. You might you might can get a job at a local seminary or uh, a small Christian university, but that's not going to help you if, as far as maybe needing maybe becoming a teacher. So, but even then, the the idea of wanting to leave is. Discourage, you know, all of that's just discouraging for me to see that. But the fact that a pastor is so discouraged that they would leave a ministry if they had a job opportunity that they're not educated for is is a sign that that uh, the churches are not that these guys are serving at church. The churches are not taking care of their pastors. That's a lot. That's a lot of the problem. At least to this is too is. Is, uh, it's not necessarily the struggles of ministry or the discouragement in ministry, but a lot of churches are not caring for their pastors as they should. It, and they need to. There's some discouragement in that with, with the way they're paid. Um, there's a lot of factors in that discouragement. It could be from the they're, way they're paid, the way the church is reacting to their leadership. Um, it, it, it's a number of things. And so for them to make a living, it definitely has everything to do with uh, a lot of, a lot to do with how they're paid. A lot of pastors, because of that, they they're they're bivocational. Most pastors that serve these churches, eighty percent of churches in America that are fifty and fifty members and under, um, uh, are bivocational. They have a job that they go to Monday through Friday and they preach on sun on Sunday and Wednesday night. and that's great. I've done that. I've been in bivocational ministry. that's hard that's that's hard too. That's a struggle as well. and uh, that, that if you're a bivocational pastor, I applaud you. You are awesome. And you keep plugging away, friend. You keep doing the best you can and serve the Lord faithfully in that and allow yourself to be replenished. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to finish up the last half of these statistics and kind of continue to discuss them and, and see what we can do. Let's come up with an end result, shall we? Let's come up with an end result when we come at the end of our next segment. And, and as we, well, really, this whole thing's one segment. When we get to the end of the podcast, let's Let's try to find a solution Let see what we can do and and I want to give you some encouragement. So don't go away, we'll be right back. This is the ministry mashup. Pastor Mark here and I'm excited to welcome you and, and invite you to Oakhurst Baptist Church here in Clarksdale, Mississippi. We have service every single Sunday, Sunday schools at 9:45 a.m. Worship is at 10.50 a.m. in the morning times and 6 p.m. in the evening times. And we'd love to have you each and every week here at Oakhurst Baptist Church. And welcome back to the Ministry Mashup. Thank you for joining me. Uh, So far, we've been talking about the struggles of ministry, and we've looked at some statistics uh, out of the book Replenish by Lance Witt. That he gave, that came from, uh, that were statistics from 2011 from the Barnard Research Group, as well as the focus on the family and other uh, other institutions that had done research based on pastor struggles. And so, uh, we've looked at uh, we've looked at four four of those struggles, and we're going to look at the last four of that. And so we we saw that 1,500 pastors leave the ministry permanently each month in America. 80% of pastors and 85% of their spouses feel discouraged in their roles. Uh, 70% of pastors do not have a close friend, confidant, or mentor. Over 50% of pastors are discouraged they would leave, so discouraged they would leave the ministry if they could, but have no other way of making a living. And over 50% of pastors, this is number five, Over 50% of pastors' wives feel that their husband entering ministry was the most destructive thing to ever happen to their families. Wow. Now, I'm wondering if this statistic, this fifth one I just gave you with the uh, pastor's wives, I'm wondering if that statistic comes from a man who has been married already for a certain number of years, had a secular job, was established in that secular job fairly well, and answered the call to ministry. And then has gone back to school for ministry education, to serve in the local church, only to start the pastorate and to have struggled for X number of years. That is most likely the case, um, because you think about it, a, a family that has been established let's just give up let's just be hypothetical say there is a pastor that has answered the call to ministry previously he had a job for 10 years is established well in a secular job uh, even had was a well-paying job benefits and um and everything the wife may not have had to work because of that well-paying job and, and again a lot of the you see how this is tying in a lot of this has to do with finances as well um was in, in everything they need two or three children, let's just say three kids. And he answers the call to ministry. And now the wife, who most likely is educated, most likely is educated, does have some type of education, she has to go to work. He has entered into ministry, even surrendered the ministry, has some opportunities to preach, and even was called to a pastorate, and that church offered to help pay for his schooling to receive his seminary education or uh, uh, Christian education so that he can serve the church better. Maybe the church didn't offer to pay for it, but nonetheless, he's going back to school. The wife is now having to work. The kids, uh, depending on where they're called, are either going to to private school or public school because they're no longer getting to be homeschooled. Uh, The wife may have been homeschooling. So, drastic change. It's a huge change. Um, Can it be destructive, though? Yeah, it can be. Um, One of the number one things that divorces occur over is finances. And so, if a pastor's wife is unhappy or unsettled in the fact of him answering the call to ministry, to go serve in the local church, to go back to school, to read, to, to have a new education, to serve in the local church, and not to live on the same uh, type of income that they had before, to make sacrifices, to move away from where they were for 15 years, 12 to 15 years, uh, moving away from a kid's community, their church that they were involved in, selling their house. I mean, everything is just uprooted. It's a drastic change. But again, the question remains, can it be destructive? Yeah, it can. It can, and that's why it's so important, guys, that we have a firm relationship, a firm spiritual relationship with our wives. Um, A great example that we can learn this from is, is the father of modern missions, William Carey. If you were not aware of this, I'm going to make you aware of it now, but William Carey, as great as the work that he did for the sake of missions and the Baptist work of missions, William Carey did something not a single one of us should ever do when it comes to making a decision to step into a ministry role. William Carey uh, answered the call to missions without his wife's consent. Now, you might be saying, well, why does our wife have a role in answering God's call? She plays a great role because she is your greatest support in your ministry, other than the Lord. (laughs) She's the one who you're going home to at night. She's the one that's there to pray with you when you're struggling through these things. She's the one that sees, that takes care of your children when you've had to be in hospital visits all night long. She is your greatest support in the work of your ministry. And you need to be communicating with your wife before you make a ministry decision. In the case of William Carey, Andrew Fuller uh, was willing to finance missions to India. And William Carey was present at that meeting in England. And William Carey immediately said, I will go. I will go. He goes home, tells his wife to pack her things they have a very young child. I believe the child was uh, two to three years old. Brand new son. He's very young. They pack everything up, get on a ship, and they get to India. And her fam- her, uh, his wife never, ever liked what was going on. I understand William Carey felt like he was calling to serve the Lord in that respect. And he did great work thereafter. But him not making sure that his wife was willing to follow him cost him. His son would later die of illness. And his wife would later die of a broken heart, some say. But I believe she got sick and died as well. This had a change occur in William Carey. He would later remarry, and uh, and he would learn his lessons, and he would have multiple children, and uh, become what we understand and know as the father of modern missions. But that's a great lesson that we can learn that that it's important that our wives are on board, guys. You might be serving now in a church, and you're just not sure if you know sure if you need to stay there. It's just, it's been hard, COVID, and all this, and Blah, 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 blah. And, you know, you've been threatened. If you shut the church down for X number of months or weeks, you're going to be fired or, you know, or or, or whatever it might be. Or, the preacher, you need to shut it down. If you don't shut it down, we're leaving. Because people are getting sick and dying. There's a struggle in that. And for you to say, you know what? I'm through. Honey, pack your bags. We're leaving. That's disruptive as well. Because what if you're living in a parsonage and you don't have a home to go to? What if what if you just upping up and leaving that church disrupts the whole situation and you go against your call where God has planted you? Not only that, but you have done so outside of the consent with your wife. Guys, don't do that. Don't do that. Make sure you talk things over with your wife. Make sure you're praying with your wife. Asking, her, asking the Lord and talking everything over with her about your next step. If it is a time for you to leave and go to a new place of service, then so be it. Um, and, but you need to you need to talk that over with your wife. Because if you've been at a church for X number of years... It's most likely your wife has made a friend or two, built a relationship. So have you? People have come to know you and your family. Your children have relationships. So guys, let's not be selfish in this. And let's make sure that we're not being destructive to our family structure when we answer God's call and we go where He has called us. So over 50% of pastors' wives feel their husband entering the ministry was the most destructive thing to ever happen to their families. Man. That's number five. Number six, 30% of pastors said that they had either been in an ongoing affair or had a one-time sexual encounter with a parishioner. I cannot tell you how important it is to make sure that you do not neglect your wife. And guys, this is this is a point in the podcast where I can speak a little bit of accountability to you. Never, ever, ever... Never, ever, ever, ever counsel with anyone of the opposite sex by yourself and or with the door closed. Never. The image portrayed is just as devastating, especially if the same, if it's the same person on multiple occasions, as if you were, were having an affair. And if you are having a, an affair or if you have had an affair, I'm going to ask you, why did you bring such destruction on your home? When you neglect your wife and your family, this is what happens. Instead of you going to your wife for your needs and communicating to your wife what is going on, Someone else will fill that vacuum, that void, who will listen to you. I know you might be thinking, well, I I want my wife and my family to worship where we serve. Maybe so. But your wife needs to know what's going on. And she is the one who is to be listening to you. Not anyone else. Do not bring heartache and pain upon your family and your children and your wife and also your church. When a pastor leaves over a moral failure, it is devastating to the people he had been shepherding because they feel that they have been lied to. They feel they have been lied to and it causes division, guys. Our role is to is to lead people closer to the Lord and grow closer together as a community and a family, not divide them. Grow closer together so they can do do the work of the ministry, do the work of the gospel, and the work of the church together for the kingdom's sake. Not split them apart because. There might be some that say, well, his wife didn't listen to him. Or vice versa, well, he shouldn't have been been with this woman the whole time. Or some may say, well, I told you he was with her too much. It causes such division and strife. Others who may not express themselves in that manner, they're heartbroken. But I thought my pastor was a man of integrity. But I thought my pastor loved his wife. But I thought my pastor, but I thought my pastor, but I thought my pastor. I cannot tell you how important it is, guys. The struggles of ministry are real. It is tough. But when it comes to, when, it, when, when things get hard and difficult, the people that you should be going to the most is your wife and children. Because in the end, they will always be there. They're there even if it's through termination for wrongful reasons, okay. even if it's through you needing to leave over tension, even if it's you going to a new assignment. The people that follow you are your wife and your kids. And the people that love you through it and the people that see you through it are your wife and your kids. So please, guys, don't destroy what the Lord has blessed you with, with your family first and your church. That's number six. Number seven, 71% of pastors stated they were burned out and they battled depression beyond fatigue on a weekly and even a daily basis. A a lot of what we've covered so far will, will keep burnout from happening making sure that you're speaking and communicating with your bride, making sure that you're talking with someone who you have a close friend, a confidant or a mentor or an accountability partner of some kind, uh, making sure that you have a way to vent, a way to talk about the struggles that you're going through will keep you from having uh, going through these, these issues and going through burnout and even have depression or fatigue. Uh, on a weekly or daily basis. A lot of these things that, if you exercise, uh, s- you know, uh, speaking with your wife, accountability, uh, an accountability group or confidant, mentor, so on and so forth, will keep you from going through burnout, depression, and fatigue. But even more so, the number one thing that needs to be occurring is your time in the Word of God and prayer. A great pastor once told me, and he'll know who I'm talking about if he listens to the podcast. He actually was on here with us earlier uh, in, I believe it's episode uh, three, uh, Lee Faylor once told me, Preacher, you can't suck and blow at the same time. Some of you are probably trying it right now, but you can't. You cannot give what you don't already have. You cannot exercise what you have not already put in. Time in the Word and time in prayer is going to keep you from burnout, depression, and fatigue. And don't get me wrong. We're talking about fatigue in the mental aspect. But as far as physical fatigue, oh yeah, you're going to be tired. There's nothing you can do about that. If you study through the week and you preach hard on Sunday morning and Sunday night, you're going to be tired. If you serve and you go to hospitals and take care of people and make phone calls and stay up at night with people on the phone and so on and so forth who are hurting, you're going to be tired. Ministry is not for the weak. But most importantly, to not be weak in the ministry means that you're spiritually strong. So I, I just... I press to you on this, on this uh, this topic here of, of burnout. Guys, make sure that as you go through the struggles of ministry, make sure you're spending time in the Word, that you're communicating with your wife, that you have someone that you can talk to, that you can vent to. Um, some of you that are listening, a lot of you have my phone number. I am here. I am happy to to talk to you. To vent, and I hope you can do the same for me. Last but not least, uh, Lance Wick gives us one more statistic provided by the Barner Group and uh, by uh, Focus on the Family and others. Last but not least, number eight, one out of every 10 ministers will actually retire as a minister. One out of 10. Guys, that's only 10%. Only 10% of pastors will retire. As a pastor, in other words, they won't retire. That only ten percent of pastors currently serving will retire, serving in the local church as a pastor. Um, a lot of these things are are heart wrenching. A lot of these things are difficult to swallow. But it is the reality of struggling in ministry. It's the reality of the ministry that we serve. The Lord knew it would be. I mean, the Apostle Paul went through many things. Um, he was jailed and arrested and beaten and I mean, Paul. He was. I mean, he had stones thrown at him. Uh, Peter the same way. All the apostles were uh, were uh, martyred for the faith, executed, killed or exiled. Guys, ministry isn't for the faint of heart. It's not just an office job or a desk job. It takes a lot from you. But if we are focused in our walk with the Lord Jesus, our study of His Word and our time in prayer, if we're focused on that, and our personal relationship with Jesus Christ, as the pastor that you've been called to be, If you're focused on that, you will be able to serve and serve fervently and faithfully. Again, I've gone through struggles. I continue to go through struggles. You will always go through struggles. But there is one thing that is always sure and true as you go through those struggles in ministry, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one steadfast There for you in all things, in all trouble, in all struggles. He is right there. The Holy Spirit speaking to you of what you should and shouldn't do. God the Father showing you who He is through His Word and leading you as you lead the church. And the Lord Jesus Christ revealing the gospel to you more and more each day through His Word so that you can do the same for others and two others all the while leading your family leading your family first that's your first ministry leading your family and leading your church guys i can't stress that enough to you um and and i'd love to i want to give you um a scripture uh to conclude our time and 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 one thing that we can take away from po- that is positive in all of this is the fact again that Lord, that Lord Jesus is there with us and and as we serve the Lord we are pouring ourselves out daily we are pouring ourselves out daily for the Lord and for and in service to Him uh, Paul says in Second Timothy chapter four verse six. He says, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time for my departure is close. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. There is reserved for me in the future the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not only to me, but to all those who have loved his appearing. Guys, there's a crown of righteousness that awaits us. I don't say that with pride. I say that with thankfulness and humility. And one day that will occur. One day the Lord will hand that to us. And it will be a day of celebration, a day of rejoice. Because guess what? It's not the crown that we celebrate. It's the Lord Jesus and His faithfulness. To, and, and it serves us to completion for the day of, the day of salvation, the day of redemption, that day of the Lord. So guys, serve faithfully. It's a struggle. Ministry is a struggle. It's always going to be until the Lord comes, the Lord returns. So I just encourage you with that today. I thank you for listening to the Ministry Mashup. I thank you for entertaining me uh, through this, uh, in the eighth podcast of this uh, this new podcast for me. Um, I will give you one more verse in this as we conclude. But as for you, be serious about everything. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Once again, thank you for tuning into the Ministry Mashup today. I appreciate you so much. Guys, we're going to struggle, but stay faithful, trust the Lord, and see it through. I look forward to having you again on here, and y'all tune in next time. This is the Ministry Mashup.